Hey everybody, welcome to Go Bold. My name is Jody Atariwala and I'm your host. And today I'm privileged to have on our show, uh, Captain Haggart Smith, who is a Royal Canadian Air Force CF-18 Hornet fighter pilot. And he is the 2022 CF-18 demo team pilot as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this chat. We'll get a sense of, uh, of who the captain is um, and what he's looking forward to as this year's demo team pilot. So uh, without further ado, uh, Captain Haggart Smith, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, awesome. So as I do with most of my guests, uh, I start out by asking what made you join the military and what made you pick the specific branch that you did? Well, uh, I joined the Air Cadets as a child when I was uh, when I was 12 years old. Uh, I really fell in love with flying, and uh, this seemed like the natural extension. Uh, from there, I went and uh, joined the military, went to the Royal Military College at the age of 16, and uh, haven't really uh, looked back since. Awesome. And so which Air Cadet squadron were you with? Because I was with uh, 89 Squadron in Victoria. I was with uh, 583 Coordination out in Maple Ridge. Maple Ridge. So you're a BC guy. I am. Yeah. Born and raised. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why same here. So, uh, well, so, you know, once you go through, once you go through your, um, you went your, through your cadet time, you went through the, the um, military college. Uh, tell me a little bit about your first experience uh, in an Air Force aircraft. What was that like? So that would have been back in 2014, uh, between third and fourth year of university. I went over to Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, and started uh, phase one pilot training there with uh, the mighty uh, Grobe 120. And uh, that was a a fun time, I've got to say. Yeah. And so from... at that point, I assume that you're like, this is exactly where I want to be. I want to be in a Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Awesome. It, it was a stressful course. It's uh, that at that point, it's still part of the selection course phase. So, you know, that you're always, uh, they, they like to say you're always two flights away from the end of your career during that. <laughs> but right. uh, it, it's always a ton of fun. And we were able to get into the aerobatics, got a, got a knack for that at that point. And yeah, that's... Uh, Good to look back on that. Yeah. So that would have been your, and it, it's interesting how things come full circle. You know, now you're going to be a demo team pilot and, and do aerobatics in front of thousands of people, you know, during this air show season. So that's pretty cool. Um, so it, it, you go through the Grobe and then the next step uh, in your in your Air Force training is what? And, and I'm asking this, um, uh, Captain, because uh I want to give a sense to the people that might be listening around the world who might not be familiar with the Royal Canadian Air Force or the aircraft that you that you would uh, go through on your way to being a fighter pilot. Absolutely. Uh, So uh, in my particular case, uh, I had another year of university to go through. So I went back to school, finished that up. And then uh, after a brief time in Cold Lake, uh, doing some on the job training over here, I went off to Moose Jaw where I uh, then flew uh, the CT-156 Harvard II. I did phase two and phase three uh, training on that, uh, which is where I ended up getting my wings back in 2016 and was selected to continue on to jet training at that point, which uh, was on uh, the CT-155 Hawk. Um, And so with that, I then continued in Moose Jaw for another uh, six to eight months uh, on phase four uh, transition training, 
before moving up to Cold Lake, where I continued on the Hawk uh, for the fighter lead in training uh, with 419 Squadron, and then went over to 410 Squadron uh, to do uh, the F-18 training. Awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit about your first flight in the Hawk. What was that like? Because now this is the first time that you're in a high-performance jet aircraft. That's right. I mean, I will say that the uh, the Harvard II is actually fairly high-performance as well, but the, the difference stepping up to a jet is, is night and day. Uh, it's now uh, so much more... Uh, how do I phrase this? There's so much more power available to you that just opens up so many more options and uh i've always noticed that once you start flying a plane uh you're always overwhelmed on when you first step up to the new plane on how much more power it has how much uh more is, is available to you and then two weeks later you're just always wanting more so uh it, it's it's this never-ending cycle always thirsting for more power but uh it, it was uh it was fantastic that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and then I would imagine that it's just another leap once you go to 410 Squadron and you hit the CF-18 itself. CF-18 is honestly another beast all entirely. Uh, it's, you know, six times the power of the Hawk. It's, uh, it, 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 it's amazing to fly, but the, the other piece of the CF-18 is it's not just an airplane. It, it, it's a whole system. So, uh, as much as the, the hands and feet flying is, is such an important piece of it, and that's uh, a big aspect of what will be showing off this summer, uh, there's also so much more going on uh, that you don't necessarily see from outside. So working the radar systems, putting everything together in order to, to make the platform what we need in order to defend Canada. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And I, I completely appreciate it. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to go up in an F-18 uh, and it... Uh, it is an extremely impressive aircraft in terms of performance, but um, yeah, the systems are not trivial. There, there's a lot going on there. And uh, so, yeah, and that, that obviously people don't see from the ground. So yeah, I, I absolutely take your point. Um, so tell me about a highlight from your 410 days, just whatever it might be, uh, aside from graduating <laughs> and going to the fleet, but, uh, but during your actual training days, um, maybe talk me through a, a particular flight that stands out in mind or, or, you know, a training serial that, uh, that stands out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I suppose the, uh, the lat flight, the, the low level awareness, uh, training flight is, is one that kind of sticks out in the mind. Uh, it, it's one of the opportunities where you're, you're flying around. It, it's this really visceral, uh, flying going at, over a thousand kilometers an hour, just a couple hundred feet off the ground. And uh, then beyond that, you're getting into a series of maneuvers where you're close to the ground, you're going inverted there, you're, you're pulling down towards the ground and that's actually how you stay safe by, uh, by following these specific series of maneuvers. And uh, just uh, the, the trust that uh, is kind of put into you in order to, to fly this where you're you're always uh, a couple seconds uh, away from uh, from the ground there, but you, you do it in a way that's completely safe, and uh, it really gives you uh, an appreciation uh, for the speed that, that you get in the Hornets uh, when you're when you're flying that close. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that ground effect must be amazing. Absolutely. Um, 
So once you graduated from 410 Squadron, uh, tell me where you went to next. Which was your first fleet unit? So it's actually uh, the unit that I'm still at right now. Uh, It's 401 Tactical Fighter Squadron uh, out here in Cold Lake. Um, I've been here since 2018, and uh, this is looking like my last year on Squadron here, but uh, uh, it's been a, a great ride being here. Sweet. So you are fully combat uh, qualified, and um, I suspect that since 2018, you have deployed on uh, various um, exercises and operations. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your operational career, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, training is a huge part of the, the job, getting ready. Uh, but I've also uh, been sent uh, on op reassurance uh, over to Romania. Uh, basically uh, doing the NATO air policing role uh, in order to uh, work with our allies and partners there uh, to shore up the, uh, the eastern flank of NATO and uh, in- ensure the safety of, uh, of everybody who's out there. Sweet. Uh, what was it like to fly in, in Romania and, and that area of the world? Oh, it was great. It's, uh, it's a beautiful place out there. Uh, great people. It was great working with the Romanian Air Force. And, uh, and their aircraft, their pilots, uh, working hand in hand with them and uh, teaching each other so that we can all get better at the, the job that we're doing. Sweet. So did you ever have an opportunity to, to do an intercept or a shadow during your um, in air policing days? Uh, I personally didn't, but uh, when we were there, there were a few of, our, uh, of my colleagues that managed to, uh, to go out there and uh, head out over the Black Sea for a little bit. Um, but uh, that, that's just an important part of the job. Uh, obviously, we're not always looking for confrontation, uh, but uh, we need to make sure that we're uh, steadfast in, in our role. Absolutely. Um, and for, for our listeners, um, one of our episodes uh, that is already published uh, has uh, Lieutenant Colonel at the time, Forrest Rock, uh, as a guest who was a commander of 401 Squadron. And uh, he talks about NATO air policing and uh, it was Block 51 of NATO air policing. So uh, perhaps that was the one that you were on. I'm not sure. Uh, but... Yeah, that was exactly the one, actually. Oh, perfect. My uh, commanding officer and the, uh, the ATF commander at the time. Right, right. It was a wonderful chat. He he gave me a wealth of information and, and it was just, it was a fantastic opportunity to speak with him. He was actually still in Romania at the time when we chat. So it was, uh, it was nice to kind of get his firsthand perspective uh, while on the ground. So yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And, and he was talking about flying with the, with the Romanian MiG-21s and, uh, and how it was, how it was a lot of fun, you know, it, just being able to see those aircraft and, and form up with them and, and do some, uh, do some training with the, with those colleagues. Absolutely. It was a great opportunity. I managed to, to get to fly with some, uh, MiG-21s, uh, from the Romanians, uh, some MiG-29s from the Bulgarians, out there uh it was it was honestly a a wonderful opportunity yeah that sounds awesome so now uh, oh and before before we shift over to the cf18 demo team for this year uh tell me a little bit about from your operational perspective what is your focus what do you like doing most and what do you focus on? Because the CF-18 is a multi-role aircraft, uh, can do air to ground, air to air. Uh, but then there's things like a tr- electronic attack and, and people in squadrons um, have the opportunity to focus on areas that they, that they like, even though you are 
you know, you're expected to do everything. So yeah, just kind of curious. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it really is uh, a mix. We are a true multi-role fleet. Uh, we do both air-to-air and air-to-ground uh, fairly consistently. We work the training cycles on both of those. And then missions that actually put both of them together, like uh, the air interdiction or uh, self-escorted strike missions uh, that, that we work and, uh, and train up towards as a, kind of the pinnacle uh, of our training. But uh, in terms of what I personally prefer, I, I've always uh, loved uh, the air-to-air side, the, something romantic about a, about a dogfight in, in a certain way. Uh, maybe I've, I've watched too many uh, World War I and World War II movies about that, but I, I've just always uh, loved that, the, the competition, the, the one-on-one uh, or uh, the team mission on, on that is, is something that I find fantastic. Love it, love it, that's awesome. Hey everybody, I'd like to take a quick minute to thank our sponsor, Cubic Mission and Performance Solutions. Cubic plays such an important role in training our allied warfighters. So since inventing air combat maneuvering instrumentation, or ACMI, in the early 1970s, Cubic continues to lead the industry as the world's foremost provider of air combat training systems. So air crews from the United States and allied partners They rely on cubic systems to prepare for combat missions more effectively and with less risk. So I encourage you to take a look at their website. Um, They're an amazing company and they are a wonderful partner to this podcast. Please visit them at cubic.com. Thanks, everybody. Um, Now let's get back to our show. The other question I got for you before we switch over to the demo team is um, I know how fighter pilots uh, get their call signs. I haven't mentioned it in this podcast yet, but uh, share with me what your uh, call sign is. And if you don't mind, share with me how the background of how you got it. Yeah. So my call sign is modem. Uh, in terms of the background, uh, in terms of what I can get into here, uh, basically it is, uh, how about I put it this way? C- certain people get call signs based off of stories. Sometimes call signs are based off of names to a certain degree. Right. In my case, it's just uh, general affectation, I, I suppose. So uh, awesome. hopefully that's satisfying enough <laughs> of an answer. <laughs> we'll have to have a drink and maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit more for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Modem. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, talk to me about this 2022 CF-18 demo team. Um, how did you how did you get selected for it? Do you have to put in uh, for it or do you get uh, chosen to do it? Uh, how does that yeah. work? Yeah, so uh, obviously it's, it's a huge honor. Uh, I want to say first off to have been selected for this. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's a big responsibility uh, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's a huge honor. Uh, in, in terms of the actual process, uh, it, it is a selection. And uh, frankly, there's a lot of great people, uh, a lot of great people that I work with who uh, I, I'm sure would have done a great job as well. But uh, the fact that they uh, put that uh, responsibility on me is, uh, is a great honor. And uh, I'm truly thankful for that. Oh, that's great. Um, so you get selected. Um, what is the first process or, or the first step in, uh, in getting up to speed to be a demo pilot? Absolutely. Uh, so there's a whole syllabus that this is uh, based off of, and I'm actually currently uh, going through that right now. We're reaching towards the, the latter uh, parts of it. But uh, 
essentially you, you read through uh, the manual of procedures, like everything else, you, in order to make this uh, the show safe and as well as fun, uh, we make sure that the procedures make sense. All of them are based off of, you know, a rigorous running of the numbers to make sure that we'll be able to uh, recover from any, any position that we find ourselves in. And uh, so uh, this is obviously, you know, stepping on the shoulders of giants here who have actually gone through and, and done the work, ran the numbers. Uh, I read through the, the manuals, uh, get an appreciation for that, go into the sim, uh, practice it a number of times, and then uh, I get trained up by some of the previous demo pilots uh, who can give me the nuances and uh, critique uh, some of the mechanics of it so that I can get better and uh, make the best show possible. Awesome. And uh, so there is a syllabus, as you mentioned, for for the demo routine. Um, year upon year, sometimes that changes depending on what the demo team pilot uh, would like to do. Uh, maybe things they want to emphasize or, or do more of or less of or what have you. Um, uh, how, how are you approaching this year's demo team syllabus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's obviously uh, some control that, uh, that I get to, to exert, I suppose, over the, the exact format of the show. And uh, this year, what I'm trying to do is, is make it, uh, make it a, a kind of tight and compact show, give, give uh, as, as much uh, time over, over the crowd uh, where they can see exactly what's going on and uh, really reduce it so that uh, it ends up being uh, kind of uh, one maneuver after the next, try and reduce any, uh, any downtime in it, make it uh, just one wild ride. <laughs> right on. So are you, um, are, are you partial to a high show or a flat show? I, I love the high show. Uh, you know, the, the ground rush when you're, when you're hurtling straight down on the, the backside of the square loop is, is, is out of this world. And uh, hopefully, you know, the experience from the ground is, is half as good as the experience from the cockpit, because if it is anywhere near that, it, it's, it's going to be a great show. Right on, right on. Uh, and speaking of uh, of square loop, uh, what is your favorite maneuver? Uh, oh, there it is, right? <laughs> that that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a great maneuver. It's a great uh, yeah, it's a great maneuver to to watch. Um, so uh, talk to me about this year's uh, CF eighteen demo jet. Uh, usually year upon year, um, the, the jets have a unique uh, livery or paint scheme. Uh, tell me about this year's uh, paint scheme. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the paint scheme for this year is really based off of uh, the, uh, the horn itself. It's based off of the namesake. So it's uh, got a pattern that's, that's largely focused on uh, the, the actual um, design and, and, and body of a, uh, of a hornet. Uh, it's got some interesting geometric patterns and uh, this year it's gonna be a, a grayscale uh, paint scheme using the, uh, uh, the gray colors of the normal hornet jet uh, that we fly around uh, on a day-to-day -day missions. And uh, that also ties in nicely with the theme for the year uh, regarding operations at home and abroad because this is going to be uh, a jet that uh, even in its painted up form would still uh, not uh, necessarily stand out in the battle space. Right, right. Interesting. Okay, and uh, so in that 
in that geometrical, I guess, um, uh, um, uh, scheme, um, how will you, how would you distinguish the aircraft? Like, is that going to be more mostly on the dorsal side of the aircraft? Will it be all aspect, uh, fins? It, it's going to be, uh, all over the, uh, the top side of the aircraft. You'll be able to see it, uh, across the wings, across the tails. Uh, it is going to be a full paint scheme this year, uh, rather than, uh, than just the tail scheme. Beautiful. Oh, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and then uh, talk to me about the rest of the team. Uh, obviously, um, this is not just a solo thing, it, it, even though you're the one pilot that's in the air in the jet. Uh, it is a team effort. Absolutely. Yeah, so the, the, the team has been, uh, you know, crafted. We, we've got uh, great technicians who are working uh, on it. We've got basically uh, a, a technician from each uh, subset trade who's highly qualified, these are great guys, and uh, they've all volunteered and been selected uh, to go out there for the season. And uh, really, this is a, a pinnacle for them as well, because they're going to be the guy for, um, for each of the systems. If there's an airframe issue, we've got one airframe guy who's going to be able to resolve it and, and figure that out. Engines, same thing. And, and so for each of these components, they are uh, going to be there and they're going to be the subject matter experts on it, uh, applying their work in a, in a great way. Sweet. Uh, and, and those teams, there's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's two teams, an East Coast team and a West Coast team. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a big country we've got. And uh, given that uh, we need to bring uh, some additional parts along and all of that, uh, the only way to, uh, to really make that work is to uh, have teams on both the East and the West Coast uh, side of the country who are able to meet me for the Eastern shows in the East Coast, Western shows in the West Coast uh, team, and uh, we'll work together. Uh, but I'll be meeting up with, uh, with all of them in Comox, and we'll be uh, doing some training all together there as well. Beautiful. Um, now, uh, about this year's uh, show, um, I guess, schedule, um, uh, tell me how far and wide you will be traveling, and uh, is there a particular place that you are looking forward to, and why? Yes, yeah, so we'll be traveling uh, all across this great country of ours. Uh, I'll be going from, uh, obviously, all the way in the West Coast uh, in Abbotsford, and uh, then all the way down to, uh, to Newfoundland. Uh, in terms of uh, shows out of the country, uh, we're going to have a couple uh, down in the United States, uh, in Michigan uh, as well, uh, and it should be a great time. In terms of what I'm looking forward to the most, I think it's got to be the Abbotsford Air Show. Uh, aside from being uh, obviously one of the biggest, it's also my hometown show. I remember going to that as a child and, uh, and seeing the F-18 demo team uh, do their, their show. It's going to be great to, to be the guy doing that this year. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, you and I have probably been at many of the same shows watching, uh, watching the same performances. So uh, from my perspective to you, I'm totally looking forward to seeing you fly. And uh, I wish you and the team nothing but the best. And, uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you over the skies of, of all over Canada. And I, I hope people will take a time out to uh, look at your website as well. Uh, or I guess, uh, at least at least some of the social media that you guys will be putting out. Great. Thanks to you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, thank you. That, my friends, was Captain Haggart Smith, a Royal Canadian Air Force CF-18 pilot who is the 2022 CF-18 demo team pilot for this year. Uh, if you have any questions for us, please reach out to us at go bold 
thepodcast.gmail.com and we'll do our best to accommodate. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks so much. The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are solely those of the participants. This podcast is copyright and all rights are reserved. No portion may be reproduced or used in any manner without the express written permission of the publisher who can be reached at goboldthepodcast at gmail.com. The music on this podcast is Parasail by Silent Partner.